Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And so much has happened while I've been away. We may need more than two hours to catch up. The Jets dodged a bullet, maybe. Michael Irvin is still delightfully out of his mind. And my oft-questioned toughness is being proved here today big time. All that and more, let's do it. Here we go! Only one place to start. All right, our one place to start is going to be with pro football, and I am delighted that my friends Chris Canty and Dan Graziano have chosen to hang around after we wrapped up Get Up this morning and bring us a little insight, a little fun, and a little conversation about the NFL and more. Gentlemen, thank you both very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes. Obviously not a lot of conversation, Sorry, just I, a very little. I didn't know we were supposed to. Yeah. Well, at welcome. that point, that was my introduction pleasure to you. Pleasure to be here. And at Absolute that, pleasure. At that moment, you're, it's your job to then chime in and say thank you, and then we move on to my questions. Well, I thought you were going to move on immediately. Yeah, we don't have Canty's mic on, guys. Come on, jump on in here and get Chris Canty's microphone working, if you'd be so kind. We'll get that working, and, uh, and we will have Chris in the conversation as well. But so I will start with you, Dan Graziano, because obviously for me, in the time that I have been gone, the most significant thing that happened, and a little later in this show, I will detail for you my night Friday night and exactly how it developed and all the things that happened as Zach Wilson was being Ah. taken from a stadium someplace um, to a a hospital someplace and ultimately to Los Angeles today to have his knee operated on. But Dan Graziano, I think there is a right now for football fans across the country, there is this feeling that, oh, the Jets dodged a bullet. It's going to be two to four weeks. That is not a certainty isn't that correct? No, and Robert Sala, their head coach, has kind of made it clear that uh, it, the surgeons could get in there and see more damage than they initially think is there, and, and then the timetable could be longer. But they're optimistic, and they believe the ACL is intact and, the, and that the damage will be limited to uh, something that can be taken care of and, and hopefully rehabbed in about two to four weeks. So that, that's the hope. We'll find out more today. So obviously... There's never good news if your starting quarterback that you're trying to develop could be hurt. Um, so that's obviously the worst news is the significance of the injury. But that whole game was a never-ending series of bad news. It started well before he got hurt, and the fact that he got hurt made everything else seem irrelevant. There was, it was easy to ignore all the rest of what had happened. But Chris Canty, just as um, one who was watching yourself, give me a quick reaction to what you saw on that field before the injury to Zach Wilson. Yeah, there was some poor decisions. Right, that's still not working, right? Am I, am I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that's... That's still not working. I can tell that. So they're working on the microphone. Yeah, Graziano was nice enough to slide his over. Go ahead. Yeah, there was some poor decision making for Jack Zach Wilson, and you saw the early turnover. And then you couple that with the fact that their defense allowed the Philadelphia Eagles first team offense to go through them like a knife through hot butter. Like there are some significant problems when it comes to what this Jets team was supposed to be on paper versus what we saw in their preseason debut. But that all gets overshadowed because of the Zach Wilson injury. And Greeny, here's the thing. I don't think anybody has any illusions about what the Jets are going to be in 2022. I think this season is ultimately going to be a referendum on Zach Wilson. The only problem with that now is that he's dealing with a significant injury and we don't know how long it's going to linger which in turn affects how the Jets are going to be able to evaluate him, especially going into uh, a, a year next year where you're talking about a really good quarterback class in 2023. Right. So you almost made my, me faint on Get Up this morning with the, the idea that the Jets could be in the market for a quarterback high in the draft next year. This is a team that in the last five years has drafted a quarterback at number three 
and a quarterback at number two. Now, we can all see where the progression of that is leading, um, but hopefully we will not get there. Okay, so I'll talk more about that as we continue. Then let's get to Michael Irvin. So Michael Irvin was on a boat yesterday with Stephen A. Smith and Molly Karam. That's funny in and of itself. The fact that it was being shot live for a television show, Stephen A.'s triumphant return to first take was delightful, and Molly's wearing a captain's hat, and Stephen A. was wearing an orange suit, um, and all sorts of, and they were, just, they were just cruising up the Hudson as they were having this conversation. And all of those things were so distracting to the <laughs> eye that maybe you kind of lost sight of the fact that Michael Irvin suggested he thinks the Cowboys, if they can clean up the penalties are good enough to go undefeated. If they clean up these penalties, right. they will be chasing. Let me clear it up for you. The 72 Dolphins. And am I talking about the right now Dolphins? <laughs> oh, now you know what I'm saying. Oh. I'm talking about the 72 Dolphins. Oh. Yes, you heard what I'm saying. Oh. When you got the number one offense, clean up these penalties. You had the number one offense. Number one score. You could be chasing Michael. the 72 hold Dolphins. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did Michael hold on, hold on. say something hold on, hold on. crazy? Hold on, hold on. So can I tell you what that sounded like? Because my name is Michael. Yeah. And Molly sounded just like my mom used to when I would do something that embarrassed her. She'd be like, oh, Michael. Michael. Like if you did, if you, if you, if you were like out in a restaurant in public and you did something that, that, that was like very poor table manners or something like that, you'd say, oh, Michael. That's how disgusted Molly was by this take. What do you think of it, Dan Graziano? It's like three levels too much, right? Like you think the Cowboys will win their division. Cowboys will win the NFC. Cowboys will win the Super Bowl. And then he went past that. <laughs> That's right. 72 Dolphins. Like people, right. people who are listening who don't know, this is 50 years ago. 72 Dolphins went undefeated. Right. They were the defending AFC champions. They had lost the Super Bowl the year before. The year after they went undefeated, they were 12-2 and two and won the Super Bowl. Their coach was Don Shula, who has more wins than anyone ever. They had six Hall of Famers on the roster. Uh, it, it's just not, I mean, you, you, even if you have the highest of hopes for this year's Cowboys, you cannot possibly put them in that kind of stratosphere. Uh, so I, I really think that, that Michael and other Cowboy fans would do well to kind of get to reality a little bit and think about what this team actually does and doesn't have. So let's just live in a world where we accept that that was Michael being hyperbolic as yeah. he can and being amusing as he clearly is and deal with the actual facts here. There are two things, Chris, that I think are interesting about the Cowboys. One of them is whatever your biggest problem in life is, whatever it is, if the first stage in in correcting it is recognizing it, and the second, of course, is whatever action you have to take to correct it. The Cowboys' biggest problem last year seemed to be the coaching. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of talent. They had a lot of really good football players, and most of them played pretty well. The problem was they had clock management issues. They had penalty issues. So I'm not sure which didn't happen, or at least the evidence would suggest through one preseason game in which they commit 17 penalties. Do you think they didn't fully recognize the magnitude of the problem, or for whatever reason, they can't get it fixed? Well, here's the question that I would have, G. How could you not recognize the magnitude of the problem when you lead the league in penalties? Mm-hmm. And here's the other part of this. Well, that nobody's never. I don't mean to interrupt you. But the Raiders led the league in penalties, it felt like, for two decades. And they never cared. There was sort of an attitude about it that, well, that's not... There were some teams that worry more about turnovers than others. If we're going to be explosive, we'll live with this, that, or the other. Do you understand what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Maybe there is a lack of belief that it is season-defining if they can get this thing figured out. Well, here's what I'll say about this. Mike McCarthy seems to be the one that's going to have to be responsible for this, right? Because when you see all of these penalties, when you see... 
a lack of discipline, that's a reflection of the head coach. And my question would be, well, what the hell is Mike McCarthy doing? Yeah. Because he's not calling plays on offense. He's not calling plays on defense. So what is he talking to his team about? It should be penalties. But we saw after leading the league in penalties in the game against the Denver Broncos, they went into the fourth quarter with more penalty yards than they did total offensive yards. Mm-hmm. That is a problem, Greeny, and they've got to get it fixed. And compounding that issue is the poor game management by Mike McCarthy. We saw it pop up in the Arizona Cardinals game in December. We saw it pop up in the wild card game against the 49ers. And then you're talking about the personnel and the, and the offseason losses that this team had, losing Lyle Collins, losing Connor Williams, losing Cedric Wilson, losing Randy Gregory. You, you haven't replaced those players. So ultimately, the mistakes that you guys made, the self-inflicting wounds with the penalties and poor clock management, those are going to be harder to overcome. You don't have the same margin for error in 2022 that you had in 2021. And if they continue down this road with the penalties – it's going to make it really hard for this team to get where Jerry Jones wants them to go. Greeny with you here with Chris Canty and Dan Graziano in the studio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're a renter, make sure you're protected. Renter's insurance includes options that cover stolen property, personal injury, and living expenses. If your place is damaged, quote, renter's insurance at Progressive.com. I am being led to believe that Chris's microphone has been fixed, so uh, we'll find out if they can. Say hello. Hello. It does work. There we okay. go. There we go. Gone, guys. We got it fixed. I have two more things All I want to set. get to before I let you guys go quickly the first one is the Lamar Jackson situation Dan Graziano where he continues not to have a contract and Saturday he came out and said what we have all suspected that the deadline for this is the start of the regular season that if we get to that which is now a little less than a month away Mm -hmm. and they don't have a new deal that he doesn't want to talk about it anymore so where does that leave us well I think we should believe him I think this is not uncommon from a player perspective or even a team perspective in these situations you don't want this hanging over your season uh, and I think that's how Lamar feels look will it get done you know as you mentioned we got three four weeks here and and they they can figure it out he has a sense of what he wants it seems like he's willing to play it out if he doesn't get it, meaning play this year on the fifth-year option, play next year on the franchise tag, and wait until they get to a point where he gets what he's looking for. Dak Prescott did the same thing just a couple of years ago. Kirk Cousins did it once upon a time and ended up hitting it big in free agency. So I think that's where Lamar's mind is, and we'll see if the Ravens can get to, uh, to where he wants them to be. All right, so there, there's that situation. And then if there's one thing I've always liked doing on the radio, and I've been doing this uh, you know, on ESPN radio going back now 20-something years, um, it is that you get to see and hear these people on television, on the radio all the time, Chris Canty, Dan Graziano. And, and if, if not for the radio shows like this one, then you don't really get to know them as people. But I know Dan Graziano, and we've gotten to know each other well over the years, and this is a very big week oh. in your life, and I want to <laughs> wish you well with it because it's an Thank experience you. I've had. Yeah. And, and the first time you have it, um, it is uh, it's it is monumental. There's no yeah. way to overstate the significance of it. For those who don't know, Dan and his family are getting set to take his eldest off to college this week, which I know hey. fills you with great pride. It does, but it's emotional. It's, it's emotional. I don't want to yeah. get. I don't want to like break down on the air. But, no, uh, but yeah. how are we feeling, and how's that all I going? Because it is a look, it, it, Like I've been there, and I know a lot about it. Uh, he's ready, right? I mean, it's going to be great for him. Now he's and he doesn't know because he's very. He's got his own emotions going on. You know, his, his girlfriend left the other day his best friend left yesterday so he's dealing with all that but I know he's ready because I know him and, and and how capable and how great he is but you know 
his mother and I, I don't think, are ready to come home, and his little brother, to come home to a house that, that he's not in anymore. So you've been through it, you know, but uh, it's exciting time for sure, and it's, it's where he needs to be. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a, a rough couple of it, it, it will be It will be both the best and worst experience you've ever had, <laughs> if it's anything like mine. And, and, and you've, you've identified it correctly, that when you're actually there, moving him into a dorm, I assume he's living in a dorm? Yep. Oh, so when you're moving him into a dorm, you're so busy. Like, there's just so much yeah. going on, and there's so much excitement. And you got to go to Target to pick up like eight million things, <laughs> and you got to get this. And the it's mother's got to make sure the, the bed plans. is made. And there's all, there's just stuff. And he'll be out of his mind excited and all kinds of stuff like that. And that'll make you feel good. The moment that it really sets in mm. is when you come home, and it's been the four of you all these years. And now suddenly you sit down to dinner, and it's the three of you. And I remember sitting and looking around thinking, at the table thinking, this is quite the change so that, that's that's really when it starts to set in so it'll be next week much more than this week that you will feel this we'll come home sunday and i'll be here monday so you'll see how i look. that'll help you'll actually be delighted <laughs> i'm telling you you will be I'm, i am telling you doing things that are normal and everything you will find a new normal sure. and everything will be fine oh, be good. it will be a hundred percent fine it just and, and of course chris canty and we can talk about this oh yeah uh, like chris canty's got an even more monumental experience mm-hmm. right around the corner yeah we're counting down 10 days to the wedding g oh yeah, yeah. Getting married in Chicago. Beautiful thing, man. I'm I did super that once. Exci- I got I'm, married in Chicago. There once. we go. Great city it's to get married in. Great, yeah. great minds think alike. But yeah. here's the thing, man. The last couple of weeks leading up to the wedding, all of the little details that you got to have buttoned up, making yeah. sure you pay the vendors, making sure people understand the schedule, yeah. getting the wedding party on time where they're supposed to be. That can be a little bit of a headache. So that's the stuff that we're trying to juggle right now. See, the paying everybody was not my problem because at that point in my life, I had delightfully never been anything more than a financial liability to our families. <laughs> and so that was all being done, thankfully, by Stacey's dad. Uh, all I needed to do was show up at the right time and have the suit on. And I was pretty much fine. But no, that's great. I mean, that's that one. There's no downside. That's nope. just a fabulous experience. Um, Graziano's is totally anyway. I love Enjoy. you both, and before and you I know, it, you'll be sending your kids off to college. That's wow. actually wow. true. Wow, was not ready for that one. Th- that's actually true. You will blink. Kenny Chesney had a song, has a song called "Don't Blink," yeah. and that's that's. There is no better way to sum up life than that. You just all of a sudden you blink, and then one day, wait, wait a minute, what do you mean he's going to college? Like we just uh, so from anyway. getting married to dropping the kids off of college, it just happens like that. No, it's like fifteen twenty minutes. There's like fifteen or twenty minutes in between those two it's like, things. It's like the A block. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know what? Sometimes we do the twenty minute A's. I get up. It's like that. It's like that. Okay, now we're very inside baseball. All right, I love you both. Good luck, Danny. You're going to be fine. You, Everything will be fine. It'll just be what it'll be. Uh, we'll continue in a moment. Coming up, speaking of complicated circumstances, I will share with you my experience of Friday night, which almost became, and still may, the night that changed absolutely everything. That is next. I am back, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance and the entire assembled collection of the hashtag crew is around us today. Hashtag Hembo, hashtag Nuno, hashtag Bubba. And I know a lot of people have been, you know, wondering where we've been. And, and look, the, the, the reality of it is with my new schedule, I'm going to have a lot of summer time off. Uh, but as we were just discussing here, we've had our plans now in place. Starting the day after Labor Day, this show will be intact every day um, until next summer. So you will have this hashtag crew, including hashtag Greeny, every single day in the chair uh, and just starting in just a couple of weeks. In the meantime, I, I, if there is one thing that has, uh, I think, happened over the years, Humbo, and, and you know me the best of, well, you and Bubba, I guess, know me the longest. Um, but one thing that has frequently been questioned has been my toughness. Mm. And I think unfairly. How so? Um, in that I, I think I've played through some pretty significant injuries in my day, but maybe never more so than today. I've got a back like you would not believe. I am today for the first time in my career sitting on a cushion and I have a bag of ice behind my back and it is delightful. I'm also working on two Advil and two extra strength Tylenol, which by my standards is drugged up. <laughs> That's like my Toradol. You're testing positive today. That's exactly right. Mm. I would right now test positive and be suspended like Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, from the next half a year here if we did that kind of drug testing at ESPN. And, and, and yet I'm here. Mm. I am playing that level of hurt. I did the TV show. I'm doing this. Uh, it harkens me back to the day after I had a vasectomy. And I still came in and did Mike and Mike and Sports Center that day with a bag of frozen peas in my lap. Mm. Uh, I think I think that is one of the all time courageous. It's like Willis Reed, T.O. in the Super Bowl, and me. I think that is the level of courage I'm displaying. Well, how did you suffer this injury? When golf. did this happen? It's a golf thing. You, you suffer this injury playing golf. Yes, this has happened to me before. Actually, let me ask Bubba about this because Bubba, as some of you may know, Bubba, before his long and storied and now I think somewhat legendary career. In radio production, uh, Bubba was actually a surgeon. But Bubba actually was did did all sorts of surgery, worked on different NFL players, um, and and uh, and and that sort of thing. So he, no one understands the structure of the human body quite like uh, Bubba does. Right. So there was my ball was buried in deep rough on the ninth hole at Lakeshore Country Club, uh, at, in in Glencoe, Illinois, on Sunday morning. Uh, and it, it was it was early in the morning, so even though there had not been rain, there was a lot of dew, so the the grass was a little wet, and I went after it, and I I was trying to hit a hybrid out of there, and I went after it, and my back went through the ball, and the club did not, <laughs> and you know what I mean, like the club just gets stuck, and my back is rotating in such a way that it's expecting to go all the way around, <laughs> and all of a sudden it like hits a stop sign it wasn't expecting, and it hurt a lot at the time. And then as it went on, it's gotten worse and worse. So, Bubba, I'm in a great deal of pain. Uh, do you think that this has been the right 
treatment I've, I've had recommended to me. I've got the ice. I've got a little bit of Tylenol. Like I, I'm in uh, Advil, like sort of the anti-inflammatories. I got some massage working. Going to take the Epsom salts bath later. How do you feel we're doing here? No, I think that is the uh, correct path here. I think that's the way to go. Um, the only thing I would maybe say too, you can maybe add some heat into the equation. Heat, um, you know, mix it up. You got the uh, ice and then also heat every once in a while. Yeah. But no, I think the uh, the pills are good. Uh, the Epson that sounds great. I think you're uh, you'll be healed up in no time back on the course. That that is my goal. <laughs> I've got a lot of golf left to play before the season ends here, and I cannot have this injury deprive me of it. I have two questions. What the first is? Did you finish the round? Yes. You finished the round. Yes. Right, so you are a warrior. Uh, I, I mean, of that there is no question. The What's second, the second one? The second question is: You said you suffered this before. This is a recurring issue. I've, I've had this. I've had almost ex- the reason I'm not that worried about it is because I had this exact thing happen to me before. Same exact way. Same swing. Same a different course, but same exact thing. And my, my I, and and so I know what the injury is. I, it's a muscle spasm. I'll be fine. But again, if we could just sort of establish one thing from this conversation, it is that I'm an incredibly tough person, despite what people may think. Then we move to Friday night, and the mental toughness that was required in getting through that night. So I had this big golf outing over the weekend. So we were out for dinner that night, and I was not able to watch the Jet game live. Jets Eagles Friday night. So I was getting updates from my son, Stephen. He's texting me. I've got the game that will be on the DVR when I get back. But I'm getting live updates as I'm sitting and having my dinner in Chicago from my son, Stephen. And uh, I will read you now. I should have had these ready to go here. I will read you uh, some of the things that he sent me real time. And, And that's why I think you should understand my level of concern long before we got to the injury. He writes, bad start. This is 7.48 p.m. Bad start. Defense looks awful. Terrible throw from Zach. Really bad. Completely sort over Elijah's wide open head. Six-yard out route. Uh, Oh, God. Zach just threw a terrible pick. That was a terrible play. We look like the worst team ever. Gardner Minshew is tearing us up. All of those happened before... (laughs) The quarterback went down with what looked like a season-ending injury. It then went on. Zach limping, right knee injury, got up on his own, was able to walk to locker room. I'm depressed. Zach sucks. I think we got to go after Garoppolo. If Zach is done for the year, do we miss out on next year's quarterback draft class? I'm really sad. I'm legitimately stuck, sick to my stomach. When will it end? It's just constant suffering out here. This is brutal. Our season ended on August 12th. That, my, I will show you just so that you can see I'm not exaggerating a word. Those were the texts I received from my son while having dinner on Friday night as I went through the six stages of grief over the injury to the quarterback. So that's where we are. I, I, I'm not going to assume everything is going to be fine until they get out of this surgery. I don't think it is as easy as that. A meniscus is not something you play around with in this day and age. Players don't want that removed because it it limits their longevity. Mm. Like you got guys who will have their meniscus. It used to be back in the old days, you had an injury to the meniscus. They would just take it right out and that was it. And then you'd wonder, boy, why does he have an arthritic knee in year seven of his career? And that's why. So a guy like Zach Wilson is going to be advised by people around him. And you can hold the jokes on who the people are around him. But boy, were those flying on Friday night. Um, that they're going to be telling him, you don't want that meniscus removed. You want your meniscus attached because this is only year two for you. 
and you're hoping to have a 15 or 20 year career with 30 million dollars at least on the table every single one of those years so i don't think this is as easy as he'll be back in two to four weeks i really don't but i will i will hold off on all of that before we get to it but so that was my experience on friday night your thoughts well my thoughts are it was obviously a sigh of relief that he did not tear the ACL, which yeah. is obviously what That's it looked good. like. I was watching this live, too, of course, because my Eagles were playing in the game. But I think we're missing the forest through the trees if we're just focusing on the injury. He looked horrible. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson looks like he has no earthly idea what he's doing at the quarterback position. That's correct. And, and I try never to overreact to things that happen in preseason games. But, you know, we talked about it earlier when, when Canty and Graziano were in here. The Cowboys commit 17 penalties, okay? Now, if almost any other team commits 17 penalties in their preseason opener, you don't think much of it. But when the Cowboys do, after the season they had last year, after having led the NFL in penalties during the Mike McCarthy tenure, after the coaching, the obvious coaching issues being such a problem all of last season and ending their season, the one thing you can't overlook is them committing 17 penalties. And as I give it to Bubba on this, because Bubba is a well-known Cowboys fan, and for those of you who do not know this, uh, Bubba, in addition to the brief period of time in which he was a surgeon, was also a scout and worked in very high levels of scouting for the Cowboys organization, which is why he's such a crazy Cowboys fan to this day, because they gave him his start. Um, Bubba, you know, the, 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 the penalties and all that kind of stuff, um, it, it'll make you very concerned and you can't, you can't overlook it. Uh, Mark Schlereth used to say to me all the time when he would, worked with us, the preseason games don't count, but they matter. So it feels like this matters at least a little bit. And then Bubba, you got Canty and Graziano in here just tearing the Cowboys and their coach apart. How are you feeling about your beloved Dallas Cowboys this morning? Oh, I'm I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm just just feeling wonderful. You know, I have to agree with uh, the original, uh, well, not the original, but 88 over there. I think we got a chance to uh, go 17 and 0. I think it makes perfect sense. We clean up those penalties, we should be good. Uh, Jerry Jones, in fact, said they asked him. The Cowboys currently have more questions on offense than defense. When is the last time that happens? That happened, and he said, "I would probably say uh, it'll be one of our Super Bowl teams." Yeah. Can you believe it? The last time that happened was the time we won the Super Bowl. So clearly all the signs are pointing to us winning the Super Bowl. And if we're going to win the Super Bowl, we'll probably go 17-0. we got Dan Quinn back on defense. He's going to be unbelievable calling the plays. Parsons, Diggs, CD is going to be only even better on offense. I don't, I don't see how they're not going to go 17-0. So here's the question I have. This season, and I love your optimism, Bubba. I love it because I'm the exact opposite as a fan. We all know who my team is. That's one of the things about this show. The assembled members of the hashtag crew, you know who we root for. And three of us are fans of NFC East teams. Bubba, are you willing to put something at stake that the Cowboys will win the NFC East this year? We, We can figure out what that something is. But generally speaking, are you willing to wager something that matters to you that the Cowboys will win the NFC East this year. Well, I'd also like to put on the record that you do owe me a trip to the uh, Cowboys game from the last time we put things at stake. Yes. So let's just put that on the record. Well, no, hold on. So was that – now, Golick sent you no, to the Cowboy no, playoff this was game. La- this yeah, was last year because we did this exact same thing. And then thing. why didn't we do it? Why didn't you well, go to the playoff a, game? Because of all the pandemic nonsense and traveling. And, That's right. 
So, so I always, <laughs> the pan, well, oh, yeah, well, the pandemic nonsense. Well put. We uh, did this exact <laughs> thing, though, because we said, oh, you know, we got an Eagles fan, we got a Giants fan, we got right. a Cowboys fan, right. and you said we're going to send the winner right. to a playoff game. Okay. And here come the old Cowboys dominating the NFC East. So uh, That's yeah. true. So here's what I will do. Here's what I will so we say. We can do it again. Here's what I will say. I will. I, we have to make good on that. Mm. So I'm going to send you, Bubba, to a Cowboys game of your choosing this year. We got to sit down. We got to look at the schedule. We got to figure out how that's going to go, because you deserve that. You won that last year. We cannot let that just go by as though it never happened, despite the quote unquote pandemic nonsense <laughs> right. that was going on. Yep. Now this year, I want the stakes to be the opposite. So I think that what we need is something somewhat humiliating to be done to those who are willing to bet on their teams in deference to the winner. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I'm just making this up. There was the legendary Seinfeld episode where where they were creating the sitcom on the show and the loser had to become the winner's butler. Something like that. (laughs) Like, I could see that. I would like to see Hembo have to be Bubba's butler for a week or something like that. Look, I am so incredibly confident in the Philadelphia Eagles that I'll yes. sign up for almost anything. That's okay. the best team in the NFC East. Fair enough. So, so I was expecting that. I was expecting Bubba to be confident. I was expecting Hembo to be confident. Now is when it gets interesting. Mm. Nuno is a fan of the New York football giants. <laughs> and what I would say is through a week of the preseason, um, I don't know exactly how I would expect him to be feeling. Well, why would I even put words in his mouth? How do you feel about the New York football giants headed into this season? Nuno. So <laughs> this tweet sums up probably my confidence. Jordan Ronan, who covers the Giants for us today. Brian Dable asked if Tyrod Taylor will eventually get some first team snaps. Says probably at some point, but goes out of his way to say he's 100% confident in starting Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah, I'm not confident. I've had internal talks with myself of how sh- should it, what should my anger level be throughout this year? Like I've told myself I'm going to try to stay calm and things of that nature. I was agitated that first game watching that, watching Kenny Galladay. What a the ball hits him in his hands. It's just a walk-in touchdown. He drops it. Thank you, Dave Gettleman, for giving this guy with a bad hip all this money. Reports are he's been a disaster in practice. So, yeah, like, I'm confident in what? That they finished fourth in a four-team division? Sure. I mean, I, I think that that sums it up well. And there is nothing that sums up Nuno better than him saying he's having internal conversations <laughs> and he's doing that by himself. <laughs> we, we are undergoing internal conversations. Me, myself, and I. That's the internal conversation. All right, we got to figure this out. Because, I, again, I got to send Bubba to a game. We promised that and we will do it. Now we've got to figure out this year how we will humiliate the loser. Because I think that would be more fun. Or in this case, there are going to be two losers. There could be three if the Washington football team stuns the oh no, What are they now? The commanders, commanders. If they stun the world and wind up winning the division. All right, we've got to get a green light coming up next. I want to tell you what Tiger is doing as we continue. We've got to figure out what the actual heck is going on with Kevin Durant. Greeny, the podcast. Very quickly, I have breaking news. My bag of ice has fallen. Um, I have a bag of ice that I've been sitting on all day. It's now mostly water, uh, and it it fell. It, it lost its consistency. Like, it, it, you know, ice will sort of hold its place 
on a chair. Now it's just a bag of very cold water and it is lying on the floor. So I'm now just to add to the bravery with which I am conducting today's program. With my bad back, I'm doing it iceless. Are we now going to have to call in a cleaning crew for this? No, it seems to have uh, stayed shut. So it's not, it's not leaking all over the place. It's just a bag it's of just cold sweating. water. It's just a bag of cold water mm. sitting on the floor. That's pretty much where we stand. Okay, having said that, and that's the most important thing, let's get to this. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light with Greeny. I've been looking forward to giving the green light to my main man, Hambo, here on a couple of different uh, topics around baseball. Feels to me like we have two big issues to deal with in baseball. Which one do you want to tackle first? One, Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the most charismatic and interesting and exciting stars on a, a team that I think made a move this trade deadline that made them a significant World Series contender has been suspended for half a season for PED use in one of the most stunning headlines that I've seen come across my phone on vacation in a long time. So we could deal with that. Or the option, the other option is the Yankees suck. Which of those two things should we talk about? I live my life with the sole intention of angering Nuno Teixeira. So okay. I'd like to start with the Yankees. This is why people shake nerds. Nuno, the Yankees are a five-alarm fire, bro. Shut out in consecutive games. They've lost 10 of 12. They're 8 and 16 since the All-Star break. And right now, they have two major issues. The first of which is, no one other than Aaron Judge can hit a lick. Since the All-Star break, every Yankee aside from Aaron Judge is batting 215 with a 635 OPS. What that effectively means is that the Yankees lineup right now is the worst in baseball plus Aaron Judge. Their second issue is that they cannot find ways to close out games. In the first half of the season, Greeny, the Yankees went 57-5 and five in games in which they led in the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. 57-5. and five. <clears throat> Since the All-Star break, they're 7-5 and five in those games. So right now they have a lineup that, aside from Aaron Judge, can't hit a lick and no obvious way to, to, to win games that they're leading late, and that's obviously a recipe for disaster. All right, Nuno, how do we respond to that? The season's over. Uh, Aaron Judge <laughs> is going to leave. Uh, Brian Cashman should not be re-signed uh, because he's been a—he's just been a disaster. He hasn't pulled the trigger on deals that they needed to do, um, and yeah, and hopefully the Mets uh, crash and burn. My goodness, and Nuno is unbelievable. So the Yankees maintain—they have now, I believe, if I—I I looked, looked at this the other day, they have the second best record in the American League mm-hmm. still. They had at that point that I looked at it, they had a ten and a half game lead in the division. Where are they now? The division is going to be it's over, easy. Right? They, they so still have a 10-game lead despite the, They're going flaws. to cruise into the postseason one way or the other. Now, they may not cruise in on a high note, but there's still a lot of time between now and then. And Nuno's only concerns are, A, the season is over, B, Brian Cashman should be fired, and C, just don't let the Mets win. The Mets, by the way, uh, right now have a better record than they do. Uh, Bubba, how does that make you feel? I mean, I always love if the Yankees fans are concerned about the Mets. You know, we're doing something right then. So yeah. oh, I'm just hoping DeGrom and Scherzer stay healthy. That's all I'm, all I'm worried about. And I think in Temple, because, you know, the nerds and the numbers, mm. I also do think this downturn with the Yankees will probably cost Aaron Judge the MVP, and people will be more inclined to vote for Shohei for whatever reason. So, I just feel like it's going to cost him the MVP, even though he is the only one that shows up in it every day. If he hits 62 home runs and Shohei Otani, as brilliant as he is, and we all, we don't need, we've cited chapter and verse, the unique nature of what he is accomplishing. 
But he does it for a team that has not played a meaningful game since when? Um, what, what was the date the last time his team played a meaningful game? May 18th. May 18th. And Aaron Judge will be leading his team to the playoffs. To your point, Hembo, as pretty much the only offensive threat they have mm-hmm. right now, how do you not give him MVP? Aaron Judge is going to win the MVP. I find it, I find it very difficult to see otherwise because at worst, the Yankees are going to enter the playoffs with the second best record in the American League. And Aaron Judge, in all likelihood, is going to get to 62 home runs. I think that's the number. If he gets to like 58, say, Otani finishes really hot, I could see it. But right now, the Do you odds, think he has to break the record? And again, I'll use the term record uh, loosely, but we course, all understand right. what I mean mm. by that. Um, he, you think he has to do that to assure himself the MVP? I think he has to do that. Like to the difference ass- between 58 and 62 is the MVP? Baseball is a, no- a game filled with magical numbers, and 61 is definitely one of those. If he doesn't get to that number, I could see you could easily justify voting for Otani, who's probably produced in total more value than Judge has. Yeah, but, but, but in what circumstance? I mean, again, and, and I, I, I don't like making this argument because it sounds like I'm arguing against Otani, which is the last thing in the world I want to do. He's obviously, it's ridiculous what he's doing. He's doing something that, that I would have bet you I would never see happen in my lifetime. That, that, in, that in my lifetime, it hasn't happened since Babe Ruth, and that's obviously well before my lifetime, no matter how old you guys like to think I am. That I would have bet you whatever you wanted, that we would never see a player in Major League Baseball be a dominant starting pitcher and a dominant offensive player at the same time. I would have bet you whatever you wanted. And we're seeing it. I get it. He's a unicorn, whatever you want to say. But these are meaningless games he's playing, unfortunately. And and I, I would make that argument about any player in his position. Right now, Otani is on pace to be the first individual to rank in the top five in pitching strikeouts and top ten in home runs in a season since 1883. What he's doing is incredibly unique, and those are meaningless games because his team stinks, but they're not meaningless games for his opponents, and they matter. They play him, so they matter. I understand. I I don't like holding against him how bad his team is, but I'm up against a break. We'll continue this. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.